0: Hey, everyone. Real quick, we just want to thank all of you who voted for Hometown Stories and the Roanoke Magazine's Best of 2023 edition for Best Local Podcast. You, the listeners, awarded us gold. That's awesome. Really. We appreciate each and every download. Did you know you can also rate our show and leave a review? It helps us share the stories of our hometowns with even more people across the country and around the world. After you listen to today's episode, consider leaving us a review, rating the show, and subscribing. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. Recently, I got to see some family members I hadn't seen in a long time. I wanted to bring them some Virginia-made goodies to share a sampling of what our Blue Ridge Mountains have to offer. And one of the first things I packed in their gift bags was a bottle of Virginia-made maple syrup. (laughs) Many of us may associate maple syrup exclusively with Vermont or Canada, but one Virginia County has a robust relationship with all things maple syrup. In fact, they're so sweet on the product, there's an entire festival dedicated to it.
1: It's different, you know, it's, you don't really see much how food anymore. Unfortunately, you know, it's all processed, unfortunately, and it's nice to see it you know, locally made and operated and not some fast food joint.
0: On a frigid Saturday morning in March with snow flurries in the air, I head to Monterey, the county seat. Here I meet Jared Garasha standing in a long line of people with one thing on his mind Maple Donuts.
1: You know, all you got, homemade and all really you could, and just, you can see it's really popular and it's one of the best, one of my favorite things to come to here, so.
0: I was going to say, it must be worth it to stand in line for, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially today when it's you know, snowing like cold out here. So.
0: Those warm donuts and their heavenly aroma are a favorite of visitors to the annual Highland County Maple Festival. It's been a staple here since 1959, interrupted only by a bad weather event and, you guessed it, COVID-19. While production is still robust... Warmer and shorter winters make for a sticky situation if you're in the business, forcing producers to get creative to sustain sweet success.
1: The the Maple Festival is really is the identity of the county. When you tell people you're from Highland County, almost everybody knows, oh yeah, the Maple Festival.
0: Chris Swecker is the Executive Director of the Highland County Chamber of Commerce. He's a born and bred Highland County native who meets me inside his alma mater, Highland County High School, where the Maple Festival is kicking off
1: it's
0: okay. The hallways are crowded with people lining up for buckwheat pancakes and the gymnasium is filled with artisans from all over the region.
1: I went to this high school. I might be leaning against my locker here. (laughs) I don't remember but yeah I did. I went to school here.
0: Swiper says the Maple Festival supports and is supported by the entire county. Everyone in the community stops to focus on the festival for two weeks every year.
1: It's, it's in our DNA, and this is again, that's our obviously our largest event that we have all year. and um, that's that's what we're known for, and we're we're happy for it, yeah.
0: <laughs> Highland County is a beautiful rural region sharing a border with West Virginia. The festival offers tours of sugar camps, food, entertainment, shopping, and limited cell phone service. Normally, just 2,000 people call this county home, but that changes during the festival when they welcome nearly 26,000 visitors. According to a 2022 study by Virginia Tech, those visitors generate about $2 million worth of spending in the county. Of course, a trip to the Maple Festival isn't complete without a drive out to a sugar camp.
2: And I said, Wouldn't it be sweet if we get 200 people? The first year we had 1,000, and it's grew uh, very well ever since.
0: Ronnie Moyers is standing in the maple sugar shack of Laurel Fork Sapsuckers, one of the most elevated sugar camps in the county at over 4,000 feet. The family has several hundred acres and taps trees on about 40 of them. Today, the chimney is puffing steadily, and the wooden shack paints a picturesque scene with crunchy snow underfoot.
2: The first couple, three years, we actually made enough syrup just for the family. It'd be two, three, four gallon on well, a good year. And uh, the family and I decided to uh, build a sugar camp down on the side of the hill.
0: For Laurel Fork's sap sapsuckers, maple production is a family affair going back generations. My mother, my father, my daughter is here, and my son just walked by, and then my husband is down over the hill. So that that's, you know, quite a bit. Ronnie's daughter, Missy, sits across from me in the events building up the hill from the sugar shack, where her friends and family are serving up hot chili, cornbread, and sandwiches for visitors, while also offering samples of maple syrup infusions. So we will, if you guys wanna grab a spoon, we're gonna go ahead and start with our wild blueberry. So blueberries do grow wild, In 2010, Missy and her husband, Joe, started making small batches of maple syrup the way her great-grandparents did, using old equipment they pulled out of the shed. They collected sap into tap buckets and boiled it down in giant cauldrons over the fire, two of which are on display at the camp. But the fact of the matter is that we both, all three of those, four of those generations, have used this land to provide for us. And that's pretty incredible for me. Yes, Yes. Between where Missy and I sit and the shack down the hill where her husband Joe is greeting a steady stream of visitors, there are now little blue tubes running from tree to tree. They funnel sugary water running out of small holes in the tree trunk, using gravity to bring the sap down the hill to the holding tanks.
1: So 450 taps up here now. Um, now we have 800 taps down below us. Oh my god. That gets brought up by a tractor. Yeah. So originally, you know, 38 buckets, 450 taps, and then, like I said, it just keeps growing a little bit every year. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Inside the sugar shack, it's warm and the air is moist. Family photos and equipment, new and old line the wood planked walls. Here, festival goers get an up-close look at both the old-fashioned and the modern methods of syrup making. Joe and his father-in-law, Ronnie, are taking turns pouring buckets of sap into two big rectangular metal pans. They're about six feet long and a few feet wide. They're laid over a wood-burning fire that gets the sap boiling. So how quick can you turn product around from tree to bottle?
1: Um, it's a lot of it's based on the sugar content that's coming out of the tree. Uh, right now, we're at about 58 gallons to make one gallon of syrup. So with the flat pans that we're using now, they boil off about 15 gallons an hour. So we'll boil here all day. Um, at the end of the day, we'll condense this down. We'll just let it boil down. Uh, and hopefully we'll get about six to eight gallons out of that. So. One day on the pan is about six to eight gallons.
0: On the other side of the shack sits the more modern version of the evaporator, which truthfully, isn't quite as fun to watch as the boiling pans. It's a big metal contraption, about 10 feet long. It looks like something you'd see in an industrial kitchen. All of the magic of syrup making is happening out of sight inside the machine. But this is way less labor-intensive than loading and unloading those big pans. When everything is boiled down from both methods, the syrup gets filtered into containers and then bottled, ready for the consumer. Last year, they produced more than 225 gallons of syrup, which is the most they've ever produced in a single season. Yeah, It's, it's always a long hard season and you wait for Maple Festival to come around. And that's kind of like your reward to like show everybody, guess what I've been doing in the middle of the woods for the last six, eight weeks. I've been in the sugar <laughs> house boiling, please come and like talk to me and enjoy like the fruits of my labor. Yeah. So it's always nice to have the Maple Festival and have people come and visit and ask great questions. They always ask such great questions. So Highland County is home to more than 10 different sugar camps, which offer free tours during the two weekend long festival. Missy and Joe say the camps are supportive of one another and collaborative, and that collaboration is handy as producers are facing new and unique challenges in honing their craft.
1: Each year, it seems like we're we're looking to tap earlier in the year. Um, when we first started this, we would look at President's Day, so mid February. It was a typical for us. Uh, now we're tapping end of January, so we, we're definitely adapting to kind of that warmer warmer winter Um, just the flip-flop of the seasons it seems like because February this year was really warm which affected us different than what it would be normally very cold so you just adapt how you you know you perform in the sugar house here but the trees kind of know and so they're gonna either slow down or stop they're going to keep going but it is all related to mother nature so the seasons i think get a little bit shorter because we're warming up so much quicker
0: yeah
1: yeah so instead of that six to eight week season that you used to count on now you're more into that four to six week season
0: how do you know when they're i mean you're you're gauging based on the temperature but how when does the tree get ready does that make sense (laughs) yeah
1: um we typically you you look for a Uh, that freeze-thaw cycle. You want cold nights, uh, you know, mid to late 20s, um, and you want 40 degrees during the day, which is like the ideal weather. We're talking to different sugar makers as well. Hey, when are you guys going to tap? You know, this is what we're looking at. So as soon as you basically drill that hole into the tree and you tap it, you're on the clock. The tree itself instantly wants to start healing itself. And so, on a normal year, it takes about six to eight weeks for that tree to heal. And that's just to close up the spile hole and it won't let any more sap out. Um, If it's warmer, the tree does that quicker. And that's why you only get that four-week span, basically. Um, There is a lot of research now up north where they're actually tapping during the fall because the weather is kind of that same way.
0: His father-in-law, Ronnie, says there's a lot of pre-planning that goes into the season. He meticulously collects data from his trees and his products. It's important to him that this venture remains sustainable both economically and environmentally.
2: It's a big undertaking. But, you know, I like to prove to myself that, uh, you know, when I do a project, maple syrup, for example, collecting sap from that tree, that I'm not doing something that would damage the tree I would like for these trees to be used by my grandchildren.
0: That's why Ronnie says he's adjusting to the warmer weather with experiments. This year, he tried something new. Ronnie says usually, it's recommended that when you install a tap, you drill two inches into the tree. He set his at an inch and a half. And after a while, he went back to bump about 20 of his trees. He drilled the existing hole an extra eighth of an inch, just to see what would happen.
2: And I went back to check how much uh, sap had started flowing from the tree. And it was phenomenal. I looked, I said, these trees weren't running no sap before I did this, because I was looking very close. So I did this, went back, and these trees were just, the water was just zooming down them little lines.
0: Ronnie then did all the trees on the upper end of the camp, about 400 taps. Bumping them the extra eighth of an inch yielded another 25 gallons of syrup.
2: So I want to make sure uh, that that hole will heal uh, maybe as fast as the hole did the year before at an inch and a half. So I don't know that, so I'm going to have to do a study to see if that occurs.
0: So it sounds like continual um innovation uh, as the industry moves forward
2: uh yes Uh, because you know i don't know how long these weather patterns may last but if we're going to create maple syrup with these uh with these farms we're going to have to learn to adapt and to learn more tech get more technology learnt to create the maple syrup with the, the short season that we had.
0: For the next two weeks, the family and other families in the county will be busy producing syrup, educating visitors, and learning how to do it even better next year.
1: It's it's not a lost art, but it's, you know, you just want to share this. You know, people love to come out and see, you know, the 100-year-old pans in operation because it reminds them of childhood, you know, and when they visited the festival 35 years ago. So that, you know, you get that, you can feel that from people, and they'll tell you that. So that that's always fun.
0: The Highland County Maple Festival will be back in March, in the meantime, you're invited to visit any of the sugar camps in Highland County. Just call ahead to schedule your tour. Hometown Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was written and produced by me, Leanna Scacchetti, and edited by Ben Roquelmi. We'll see you next time.
1: Hometown Stories is sponsored by Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Locations in downtown Roanoke, Daleville, and Grandin.